1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we kick off a new week in Scottish football. Rangers go 23 points clear, sign Scott Wright on a pre-contract and give Nathan Patterson a new deal. A quiet weekend for Celtic but it's back to it with a big midweek fixture and St Johnston and Livingston will compete for the League Cup after seeing off Hibs and St Mirren. I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me in the studio is Alex Ray and from home it's Hugh Keevans. Results have consequences, Gordon. Hibbs blew it in a cup semi-final yet again. Hardly fills them with confidence for the visit of Rangers at Easter Road on Wednesday. Likewise, St Mirren out of the Betfred Cup, now facing a tough league game away at Dundee United. But for St Johnston and Libby, all systems go. A cup final to look forward to and home games up next against Aberdeen and Kilmarnock respectively. St Johnston against Livington. In the first cup final of the season, you'll get shorter odds on Elvis being Shergal's jockey in the national. <laughs> a good weekend of football, Gordon. Aberdeen win to move up to third place. Rangers romp to a 5 0 win to go into a 23 point gap. St Johnson and Livy will contest the cup final after taking care of Hibs and St Mirren. Plenty to discuss. I think you know the drill by now, but if not, 0141 951 1025, give us a call. Let us know what's on your mind And if you'd rather tweet You can do that as well At Clyde SSB We've got today's stories If you like Some It's all a bit quiet On the transfer front But that pre-contract uh, For Scott Wright From Aberdeen to Rangers Rangers fans Aberdeen fans What do you make of that? What about the weekend's action? Rangers fans It just carries on Another win Arguably one of the most Impressive performances In quite some time What did you make of it? Celtic fans All quiet for you But maybe that means You've had a bit of time To digest everything That's going on at the club where do you see your side going from here this week? And of course, those League Cup semi-finals as well. Don't hold back. 0141-951-1025. It is a Monday night. We put you on the spot, Hugh Keevans. What was your result of the weekend? Got to be St Johnston 3, Hibs nil. St Johnston are only four points off the bottom of the table and they've played a game more than Hamilton Ackies who are bottom, but they're in a cup final. Well done, Callum Davidson. Yeah, I don't think many would disagree strongly with that, Alex, but you had to pick something different, I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm going for uh, Livingston Gordon. Nine wins and two draws. Unbelievable forming. David Martindale, what a terrific story. He's now in the final. Okay, yeah, I'm sure we'll touch on his story a bit later yeah. on. Your goal of the weekend, Hugh, we had some good choices. Mm, I'm going for Scott Robinson who scored for Libby against St Mirren I know it was scruffy but it was glorious and it put them into a cup final well done him right okay I'm sure even he would admit that it's not quite the, the quality because Hugh's gone yes. for the significance that's fine goal of the weekend I'm going to go for Ryan Jack Rangers fourth partly to do with the construction started off at the left back area 19 passes later Jack the timing of a run to get up and run uh, what a brilliant see, goal see this was. is where we find out what people look for in yeah. a goal because I'm surprised you've gone for that over Joe Aribo. yeah well I'd, I'd written it down because I'm surprised uh, Hugh's gone for a wee dolly heater over <laughs> unbelievable skill that's a technical <laughs> term Hugh <laughs> yeah but I go back to yeah, Alex course, right. scruffy but glorious ok in fact Joe has been robbed uh, <laughs> right Alex will need to throw two in what about your howler of the weekend this is good because you can get the baseball bat out I don't know who's getting it is it a referee is it a striker a goal Keeper, a collective effort, your howler of the weekend, Hugh? I'm going to refer to them as the Hibs defence, although that may be infringing the Trades Description Act. Lost three goals, lost a second cup final semi final this season, and uh, 
two of the three goals were from set pieces. Okay. Must have do better. Right, a collective effort. Uh, Alex Ray, howler of the weekend yes, for you. This is fairly easy for me. Craig Napier, the referee, Gordon, uh, Aberdeen's Ojo. An unbelievable save he done <laughs> <laughs> to rob uh, Motherwell of a stonewall penalty. Uh, there we go. 01419511025. Let us know your thoughts, your tweets at Clyde SSB. Uh, we'd like to speak to you on the phones, though, of course. 01419511025. Uh, let's kick off. With Stephen Gerrard We'll look back on the weekend's action He said the most pleasing thing about the win Was that he got a full 90 minute performance From his players He's also proud to have reached 150 games In charge of Rangers We asked the players for a 90 minute performance And I think in the main they delivered that I thought we looked really dangerous from start to finish Played with a real urgency today Worked ever so hard out of possession And done all the right things And in possession we played some lovely football We looked dangerous throughout We could have had the game won in 15 minutes Which is how we wanted the players to start the game. Five different scorers, a couple of set pieces. Um, so I'm obviously very pleased sitting here. It doesn't really make any sense to be getting uh, ahead of ourselves where we are right now. Today was about taking maximum points. Um, it's a bonus for me the way we've done it because we've done it. Uh, we had a full 90 minute performance you know, against Aberdeen. We come off the game 60, 65 minutes, and last week it took us 45 to really get going. So I'm pleased that. We had that real hunger and agency about us, both sides of the game today, and we thoroughly deserved our win. It could have been even more emphatic. Um, in terms of the numbers and the stats, I don't really get involved in it, but what I will say is I'm, I'm very proud to uh, have been the Rangers manager for 150 games, for sure. Uh, Alex, I get the way our football operates here. Rangers at home against Ross County should win convincingly, let's be honest. But the nature of the performance, I wonder where that, that ranks recently. Would that be yeah. up there? Would it be one of Rangers' better ones? Yeah, I think Stephen Gerrard said it was a performance over 90 minutes and that was absolutely right, Gordon. You know, you go back to Aberdeen, 65 minutes, I thought they were absolutely tremendous, come off the pace a little bit and, and allowed Aberdeen back in. But Stephen Gerrard would be delighted the way they're ticking along. Uh, Ryan Jack comes back into the reckon that the weekend gets a goal. You've got KMR Roof coming back, you get Holander scoring haven't not played for a while as well so things are going well for Rangers at the moment Hugh Keevans there was a time when you know the points gap at the top and the, the, the matches played the games in hand they, they had a real significance you get the feeling that, that people are not really paying much attention anymore they know that the gap is big and they know that Celtic have some games in hand um, but even at that 23 points now Celtic with the three in hand yeah, they, they know the gap is insurmountable. There isn't a Celtic supporter left in the land who believes that this can be retrieved. Five different goal scorers, as Stephen Gerrard said, and none of them Alfredo Morelos or Jermaine Defoe. And I thought that uh, the Ross County manager, John Hughes, was magnanimous in defeat by saying, you know, if you think you can play a bit and then you come up against a Rangers side like that, you can think again. OK, let's go straight to the phones 01419511025 Stephen is a Rangers fan from Fife Going to kick us off tonight What's on your mind tonight, Stephen? Hey guys How's I was just uh, with a Scott Wright signing today mm -hmm. uh, I've not really seen much of him So I couldn't tell you how good of a player he is And just looking at social media I don't think the Aberdeen fans really care about losing him They don't seem like it's a big loss So I was just wondering what the panel thought Of what he can bring to the team Especially for the age he is He's not that young That is a player really to be developing I think a 24 year old I um, think he should be there about To the first team mm -hmm. now Yeah I think he's 23 But you're not, not far off So that news today Rangers have signed him On a pre-contract agreement um, Which means Technically he's, he's set to join At the end of the season Alex We await to see if that If that changes Because it doesn't necessarily yeah. suit um, All parties What about Stephen's Stephen's point About how much he can impact Rangers first team at the moment I think he'll be looking to come down 
from Aberdeen There hasn't been that many over the last 20 years Gone come from Aberdeen to Rangers You know, uh, you have to step up because of the Brian relationship Jack, yeah, one, yeah, yeah, absolutely And uh, so I think uh, when you look at his attributes He's got good ability, he's sharp, he's bright He can play across the front uh, three if you like So gives uh, Steven Gerrard options And if you take Kamara as an example, Gordon You know, came from a smaller club uh, Obviously Aberdeen's slightly bigger They'll be looking to try and develop him in the same mould Try and get him to kick on And you know, you're getting him for uh, for nothing effectively And you know, hopefully he'll move on for plenty of money Now I'm not for a second suggesting we're fickle in this part of the world, Hugh But if you sign Scott Wright when you're 23 points behind Maybe people say oh, Why are we signing players from Aberdeen? Is this going to get us where we want to be? Sign him when you're 23 points in front And people say In Stevie G we trust he can be the next Glenn Kamara and so on one of the characteristics of the, the Ross Wilson, Stephen Gerrard alliance has been that they bring in players like Kamara, Connor Goldson, Balogun, uh, even the two that, that uh, are on pre-contracts now, Jack Simpson, Namdi Offobor, uh, you know, they then come in and Stephen Gerrard makes them better and Rangers prosper as a consequence. So just because they don't look Hollywood doesn't mean to say they don't have an Oscar in them. Oh, that's a good line That's 12 minutes past 6 You might as well hang up You're not going to top that Between now uh, and, the, and 8 o'clock um, I mean Stephen Rangers wide option Ryan Kent just plays all the time Every single week And I'm sure he's he's a nailed on starter Maybe behind that though Jordan Jones hasn't quite Kicked on Greg Stewart We don't see much of him Glenn Middleton's gone to St Johnston So Is there maybe scope in that area of the pitch For, for a Scott Wright to, to play a bit Between now and the end of the season? Well, I hope so. Obviously, I mean, with better players around the belt on and some better coaching, you never know what a player can bring to the team. So we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. What would the the appetite be to make it happen, Alex? I, mean, I think interestingly, there, there are no fans in the ground at the moment. Does yeah. that does that change anything? Because I'm not sure Scott Wright can run out at a full Pataudry, knowing that he's going to no, he's going to Rangers at the end of the season. But he's been at Aberdeen a long time, Gordon, and uh, he's got a good affiliation with them. But he's obviously made the decision to come down the road. I think it becomes very difficult. Um, it never goes I, down well, does it? No, not at all. When you when you leave, you know the rivalry between Aberdeen and, and Rangers. When you leave that club, or you've made a statement four months before or five months before you effectively your contract ends. I think it becomes difficult. I think Derek McInnes. We seen it earlier on. Uh, we Alex. Uh, Dyer who let uh, Brophy go mm. Because he just felt as if he's, His head been turned By going to St Mirren So I think this will be A similar proposition You may well see One of the guys That you just mentioned there Maybe uh, Stuart or, or Jones uh, Maybe go up to Aberdeen uh, Just a, a swap deal effectively Just to try and get the boys uh, Some game mm. time What did you make of the weekend's Performance Stephen Was that was that up there this season? Yeah definitely One of the best I've seen I enjoyed, really enjoyed watching it uh, Ken was amazing Back to what we know he can do Hopefully he can just continue on a consistent basis. Joe Rebo, I'm really good. Can't complain with that. Yeah, of course, boosted by the return of Ryan Jack, who scored. Stephen Gerrard says he makes them stronger in so many ways, but he wants to manage him properly just to make sure they get the best out of him. He's a fantastic footballer, but he drives standards the way he trains, the way he goes about it. He, he demands from, from other people around him in the right way. Um, he's a leader. He's been a captain before. Um, I was really lucky to um, obviously take take on Ryan Jack. I think previous coaches and teams have done a fantastic job with him. So the longer we can keep him fifth from now to the end of the season, the better it'll be for us because he makes the group stronger in, in all kinds of different ways. So um, I thought his goal epitomised our performance today. You know, it comes from the left back area, real deep by the corner flag. 
I'm not sure the amount of passes, but it was one of my favourite goals of the season so far. It'll certainly do me and the team no harm if he continues to, to score important goals for sure. Um, that might be his first of the season, correct me if I'm wrong. But the key to Jacko is to keep him fit and available um, and try and look after him and wrap him up at the right times. We need him available. Um, if he can score goals, it's a bonus, but I'm looking for the all-round performance and he gives us that. OK, let's bring in Brian, who's also a Rangers fan in Shield Hall. What have you got for us tonight, Brian? Hi, good evening, panel. Hello. Hope you're all safe at the moment. Yep, same to you. What I would like to say is... Uh, a game at a time, Stephen Gerrard's on his way to winning the championship, the Premier League championship. But I've looked into the stats, and I'm not really a stats guy, but if we win 10 games, it'll be our highest points since the, uh, since the Premier League started in, I think it was 1998. Mm-hmm. If, that's if we win 10 games, if we actually win 12 games, we'll, we'll overtake Celtic's second best. And if we've got the one of remaining 13 games... We would overtake the Invincibles of 2016 and 17 and Brendan Rodgers. And I, I just don't think people realise the job that Stephen Gerrard is doing at the moment. How much of those incentives matter to you, Brian? I'm trying to understand how the Rangers fans feel. Because I remember a couple of weeks ago um, having the, the audacity to ask on the show whether people thought Rangers could go unbeaten. And a lot of Rangers fans got in touch, very politely of course, to say, couldn't care less Stick that question You know where Not bothered Just want to win the league How much have you started now Looking at these These kind of things Well I'm I'm, I'm what most Rangers signs is I don't really care how, how it's won How many points it's won As long as we get it over the line But it's just when I started Looking at uh, As I mm-hmm. said there That's the kind of job That Stephen Gerrard is doing And another, another To see if another Weekend example If you don't mind uh, Gordon mm-hmm. But two years ago in his first season, Neil Lennon won the three three cups. Stephen Gerrard won, didn't win anything. Who's the best manager? And everybody says, oh, Neil Lennon, because Stephen Gerrard's won nothing. Last year again, Neil Lennon's won the three cups. Stephen Gerrard's won nothing. Who's the best manager? Everybody says Neil Lennon. Chief, I was asked you in the panel this moment in time, I don't know if the two the two firm games get into the qualifiers next year in the Champions League or it's in the year before. Who would you have as manager leading you into the, the Champions League qualifiers? Neil Lennon who's won six trophies or Stephen Gerrard who, who's no won a trophy yet. You Kevens, you can take that one. Well, I, I think uh, you know Brian is typical, and I'm not saying in a bad way, but Brian is typical of the Ranger supporters who've uh, had humble pie to eat for the last 10 years, and now they want everything. Of course they should want to win the last 13, and better the invincible season that uh, uh, Brendan Rodgers had at Celtic. That's human nature. And it's also human nature to say, oh, who would you like to manage you? Uh, you know, To be fair to Neil Lennon, who's getting all manner of stick this season, to be fair to Neil Lennon, his trophies are there in the bag, enshrined in history. Stephen Gerrard, if you're talking about Europe, of course at the moment you would like to be managed by Stephen Gerrard because in terms of European results over the last three years, he has been Hmm. first class and Celtic have been very poor. But, as I say, we live in the west of Scotland, these are the bragging rights, the Rangers fans have waited ten years for this moment, but, to be fair to Neil Lennon, his accomplishments are there. 
in the record books I'm sure if Brendan Rodgers is listening And I've no doubt he will be down in Leicester Alex He would say hold on a minute Don't forget that our Invincibles was across cup competitions as well was, yeah. But the, the fact that Rangers are even close to that points total that that's, yeah. tells its own story Gordon when that question was raised a couple of weeks ago I said the Rangers fans and Stephen Gerrard wouldn't, wouldn't care less Now if they go on a run that actually supersedes a Celtic statistic Rangers fans will go, brilliant, that's something we've won. And that's just the way it works in the west coast of Scotland. So uh, I think for Rangers, it's just a case of trying to get the games, a game at a time, trying to go over the line and then focus on the Scottish Cup. Can, can you use it though as an incentive at this point? Because people, everyone keeps telling you that the league Absolutely. is over. So, so therefore, if you're looking for just that extra 5% in yeah, the dressing room to, to make sure you don't get complacent or to make sure you finish the season in a high yeah. and you keep getting the best out... Why not set that as an internal target? I know that Rangers fans keep telling us, well, we don't care, we just want to yeah. win it. But, but why not? It's not it's not the end of the world if you set your sights on it and it doesn't happen. Gordon, I can assure you that the peop- the players within that dressing room are trying to go the whole season undefeated. Because, because they're two-thirds of the way there already, so they're, they're, that will be a target for them. Um, but again, it's trying to prioritise what's important. And I get your point when seen in terms of actually motivation. Steven Gerrard's pushing the standards. I keep going back to this He's pushing the standards mm. He's questioning the players 60-70 minutes is not good enough We want to work, uh, work for 90 minutes Overwhelm teams And continue to put on performances like a weekend Brian what do you think of the, the planning aspect Because two news stories coming out of Rangers today Is that Scott Wright has signed a pre-contract from Aberdeen And Nathan Patterson has been given An extended contract by the club Well I'm actually kind of overwhelmed with what's happened over the last, as I said, the last couple of years, uh, as I said, we were told we were years and years behind Celtic in their development. We're light years away. We're two hundred million pound to get a team, and yet in a short space of time, our whole plan for the top management, the scouting, everything seems to be falling into place. And it's just, it's just something that's I really look forward to seeing. It's all positive news all the time. You know what I mean? And that's that's what I really like about. And I'm I'm really just as happy as I'm happy as anybody. The team's going in a, mm-hmm. a few new signings, well, three three contract signings. Because I, I think myself that most fans, some of the fans in my world been here, some of some of the players might be moving on. I don't really know yet. I was quite glad Morelos didn't go there at the last the last one because it's going to it's going to come you know, for my benefit that we didn't sell him at the last the last window there. And I, I just think we're going from strength to strength mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually loving it now. <laughs> Yeah, on the Nathan Patterson one you know, Brian's talking about that kind of planning and whatever. A new deal tying him to the club Contractually till 2024, Alex I think he just signed a, a deal, was it last year? Um, so that, that shows you what they think of him The next question is though If that league is in the bag as everyone expects it to How much are we going to see him? Because surely this is an ideal time To, to really bring him up to speed yeah, without doubt. I think it shows you what they think about them. Uh, I've been quite critical over the years, as you know, Gordon, for, for the youth players coming through at Rangers. They really fancy this boy. I watched him again at the weekend. You know, he brings a power, pace, and he will develop physically as well over it. And playing under uh, James Tavernier, kind of watching him week in, what's expected from a right back at Rangers, I think it bodes well for him. And uh, I think he's got a really bright future. Okay, 0141-951-1025. John's a Celtic fan in Bishop Briggs. We're going to speak to him next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Alex Ray is in the studio. Hugh Kevens is at home. How's that equipment treating you tonight? I know you had some teething problems on Friday, all right? Yes, oh well, I've been all over it today. <laughs> but when, when this lockdown ends... 
I'm going to get that power saw that Alec Ray cuts trees with down at his place and I'm going to take it to this room and I'm going to take it to the equipment and I'm going to take it to the curtains and I'm going to take it to anyone who comes near me Do you know what, I I laughed all day because when you're having the problem, someone tweeted in something along the lines of I'll tell you all he needs is a broadband splitter so that he can, something, a USB and it can, and I thought, you must be joking, you must be joking, see if I tell him this stuff, that will just send him over the edge yeah, my son-in-law said to me at half past five tonight, you need filters. I thought that was a t- kind of cigarette. I think we'll leave that there, right? Let's bring in John and Bishop Briggs. Hi, John. Hey, just a uh, quick point about that collar that was on there, okay, about John. the Invincibles. Mm-hmm. That's totally impossible. Uh, the Invincibles need to go a full domestic season unbeaten. That's, that's a very special name for a very special achievement. It's an achievement they could never achieve because St Murn knocked them at the cup. And if they want that name, then they need to get back and play St Murn, which is totally impossible. So, maybe go to the league unbeaten, but no Invincibles. Invincibles has to win every domestic game and go undefeated mm-hmm. in every domestic game. Yeah, Hugh, I mean, I, I did make that point. Celtic's run was unbeaten. Um, domestic trophies. Um, Although, you know, this is what we've John got to look is, forward to, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, John is being factually correct. So, you know, it, it is simply there in the record book Celtic won all three trophies. And only had four draws in the the league that season, so John is factually correct. Yeah, Alex, and, and now now Twitter is lighting up with with Rangers fans going, ah, but hold on a minute, how can how can they have been invincible when they lost in Europe? Oh, did they like, lose in Europe? Yeah, and I I know they lost in Europe, and I have never said they didn't lose in Europe. I don't know anyone who said that. It, Alex, we we refer, they were referred to as the domestic invincibles because they won. Every game in the league And they won all the cups And that was a good achievement Rangers yeah. obviously can't do that this season They might do it in the league There was me thinking This maybe didn't matter But it appears it does It's very serious business Yeah well Listen Gordon it's, it's, it's one of the nights Where everybody wants to Outdo everyone else We've got so much football We talk about some brilliant goals At the weekend We've got All the, the semi-finals And uh, where the clubs are currently at But we want to try and talk about things That you know Potentially could or couldn't happen I mean you know what, Hugh? That, that's not to say that it can't. If people want to discuss that, that's absolutely fine. We don't get yeah. to, to to kind of cut that down. And the, like I mentioned, the fact that Rangers have that points total in their sights shows how how well they've done. Um, but no one can, no one will take away the the unbeaten um, trophies that Celtic won in that season. No, I, I go back to the words human nature. A behavioural psychologist would love listening to this program. It is factually correct that, domestically speaking, Celtic were invincible, won all the major trophies, and only had four draws against their name in the league title that they won that season. So John is factually correct. Brian, the caller who came before him, has been in misery for 10 years, and now he sees misery evaporating in front of his eyes, and he's going to claim everything in sight Perfectly understandable, both of them. And now Grant's on to say Arsenal were called the Invincibles for just the league. Grant and anyone else, you can call them all what you want. And Chris, no, I'm not scared to mention the Lincoln Red Imps. I've never pretended Celtic were unbeaten in Europe. I don't think anyone has. So if that makes you feel better, yes, the Lincoln Red Imps beat Celtic. There we go. Um, John and Bishop Briggs, what about your own team at the moment? What's happening? Poor season, just need to... uh... Gonna get a strong managing, management team in this summer, uh, regroup, and just kick on for there. Happy to wait uh, for the summer to do that. Ah, so, uh, it's just 
I've obviously I've said I'll I'll stick behind Neil Lennon if the board stick with me. He's one of the and he's a club legend. I'll not go to the extremes to abuse him as some fans have, but if the board stick with him, I'll get behind him and just kind of hope for the second part of the season to be a lot better. But just hope for the time to come. Some the the board kind of can come out and make a big appointment, but they've done in the past when kind of things have went like that when they brought Brendan Rodgers in. Um, we started with dominance and bringing a big, a big name like Mark Marilyn as well. Just hopefully Dermot Desmond steps in this time like and come for a, a big name. John, who would you like to see come in? That's the thing, you know. I think that's our appointment's not been made. I don't think there's anybody there available. And if they've got somebody in mind, I don't think he must be available right now. Uh, so, mm. obviously there's been rumours about Rafa Benitez, but it's saying it's been squashed. But I think it's if Dermot's will actually show a bit of uh, potential. That's the question. If he knocks his back, then fair enough. He's kind of tried to push a boat out and get somebody to let him in. But the way it looks, I just think we're just going to have to wait to the summer. So just somebody that can come in, set the team up, and it's going to kind of kick it on the way Brendan Rodgers did somebody, kind of that stature. But to, to get somebody like that, it's going to have to take uh, Dermot Desmond to come in and get into his own pocket and kind of uh, kick on for there. Just basically just get to the summer, regroup, and hopefully get the Scottish Cup. And the good thing is we've still got a Champions League place, so men like we're going to finish second, so the, the Champions League will be there as well, so I can kind of sell it to the new manager as well. Uh, Hugh, the I was just going to say, Hugh, the, the sort of day-to-day nature of, of our football up here means it, it's felt like an extremely quiet weekend for Celtic. Often We don't often go this long uh, without a game. We've not, not heard from Neil Lennon in a few days. There's been you know next to nothing, and maybe just a bit of quieter time for fans to kind of sum up what they... What they want to see next Straight back to it tomorrow of course I'd imagine we hear from Neil Lennon again Ahead of the, the midweek fixture That then reignites everything Then back onto the field Can can you win the game? Can you avoid defeat? Mm. Well They should be quiet Because there's a lot to be quiet about At Celtic Park at the moment And John on the line is perfectly correct Dermot Desmond is the big player here Because when Martin O'Neill came in uh, Celtic really needed a change of direction And he went big time by getting Martin O'Neill and then when Ronnie Dyla's time had clearly come to an end he again acted and brought in Brendan Rodgers and the Celtic supporters were ecstatic Dermot Desmond is the big player here because there is an awful lot to be done Thank you to one John in Bishop Briggs let's bring in another who's also a Celtic fan Hi John Hi Gordon, the guys, how you doing? Not bad at all, what's um, on your mind tonight? First of all, I just want to tell everybody Neil Lennon is a legend And he always will be um, Here, you did say at the beginning of the season uh, Whatever manager loses this season will be sacked It's looking like uh, the legend is going to be uh, sacked I'm going to put a couple of names because it's going to get to that mental time where uh, Celtic do need a manager or two where next season we have to sell season tickets for the fans to get back and hopefully uh, COVID-19 will be uh, a thing of the past. I'm thinking because of the price range that we are at as uh, Paul Lambert and uh, Henry Larson is number two. Now that's a that's a dream thing, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, but it's still 
in the price range of what Celtic are. Why is it? Why is it a dream, John? Why does it have to be someone with such strong Celtic connections? Because uh, obviously the downer are losing ten in a row. To be honest, Gordon. I mean, Rangers went through the same thing, and they've went through a lot more than what we have. Uh, but uh, to sell season tickets, we have to have big names. Now we. In Scotland don't have a lot of money we're a Mickey Mouse and we are a Mickey Mouse league because it's only two teams I reckon uh, for Celtic to pick ourselves up from uh, I'm flinging it out the till and the now you wouldn't have you come know? to a Mickey Mouse league if Celtic had won 10 in a row though John would you? yeah I would ah, because at the end of the day I've got mates that are Ranger supporters and we all discuss uh, the football and we all say it's a Mickey Mouse League. Right. Well, I'll respectfully disagree because I love it. Right. No matter what anyone says, I love it. Hugh Keevans and um, I think that just takes away from everyone's achievements. John's a Celtic fan who's trying to pretend that he, he would have called it Mickey Mouse had Celtic won ten in a row. We can go around in circles on that all night. He's wants Paul Lambert and Henrik Larsson. I think John's been economical with the truth with regard to your question of would you call it Mickey Mouse if Celtic had won ten in a row. With regard to Paul Lambert, plain speaking. Paul Lambert has done nothing in his managerial career to suggest that he has earned the Celtic job. Henrik Larsson, likewise, I mean, for many, many people, the greatest player ever to wear Celtic's jersey. But Henrik, in terms of coaching, management, has done nothing to suggest that he could turn the club around either. Also, he's with Ronald Koeman at Barcelona. Uh, I'm not sure you believe in Barcelona for... Uh, Scotland again um, so there's a lot of thinking to be done and who does the thinking Gordon will Peter Lawwell be the chief executive who in tandem with Dermot Desmond picks the manager or has Peter Lawwell come to the end of his time at Celtic these are the, all of the questions that have to be answered with regard to the Celtic connection that got Celtic Martin O'Neill and Brendan Rodgers both a very big and strong Celtic connection from their beginnings in Ireland. That's why I don't think that Rafa Benitez is going to be knocking on anyone's door to say, you know what, I've always fancied managing Celtic. So I think they'll have to look elsewhere. Yeah, listen, to be fair to Paul Lambert, I think he did well. He won a couple of promotions with uh, Norwich back in the day. Uh, however, he's on a really difficult run at the moment. I think four wins in his last 13. Uh, we, I was highlighting it to yourself at the weekend. He's not in a particularly good run. So I think people are going to pluck ex-Celtic players out. Obviously, Larson, but there's no way. The, the caller, Johns, who says it was a Mickey Mouse league, he's not going to leave Barcelona to come to Scotland uh, as a number two. So um, I think there's a big decision for the board to make. Uh, the, I, I'm really fascinated because we get callers going, ah, Neil's a legend and we're going to keep to him to the summer. The problem is if it continues in the in the vein that it's on at the moment, it becomes very, very difficult and we're still waiting on this review. Uh, you know, we're almost at the end of January. It's been very quiet. You know, Hugh, Hugh says they should be quiet. I think a lot of Celtic fans out there are actually looking for the board to come out and show which way they're actually going to go at the moment because they, they, mm. <laughs> they need to know, Gordon, because this can't go on any longer. Um, let's... Thank John And quickly bring in Mark I think he's got a point to make That, that ties in Hi Mark Hi guys How you doing? Not bad How are you? Hi not bad Not bad Just in regards to that call there He's saying like Scottish football's a Mickey Mouse league And what have you now, I wish he's asked him What, what did he put down as a, like a good league Is he put down the Premier, English Premiership Because I think it's been The most boring league Ever this year In the English Premiership 
really, really boring. I'd rather watch a Scottish Scottish game all day. I think it's a lot better. There's a lot more like passion in that in it. And English football this year for me has just been so dreadfully boring. Uh, do you know what? I, know what I, you on, think about on, on a personal level, I agree, Hugh. I, John's point to an extent. W- it's not perfect, obviously. We've got two teams that are the only teams that can really win the league, and, and that has its own uh, difficulties for everyone else. Um, but I don't know. Uh, you've you've got to look at where that the Mickey Mouse comment comes from, and whether it would have been the same if circumstances this season had been different. Well, I would not describe the English Premier League as Mickey Mouse. I I, I do take. I don't uh, think. Mark's no, that's point Mark's is, not. Mark's not saying it's Mickey Mouse. He's talking about that. You know, if. Is that what you want? Is that what your class is brilliant and ours is terrible? He's not saying the English Premier League's Mickey Mouse. I, I think it's a, a a league of very high quality. It remains such. I think it's been a hard watch this season because of COVID-19. Yesterday we watched a game, Man United and Liverpool, FA Cup tie. Had that been watched by the 75,000 at Old Trafford, we would have been thinking, Wow! This is great. It was still great without the fans there, but I think the loss of fans can reduce the the wow factor, the entertainment level. I mean, the comparison just does nothing for me, really, Mark, to be honest. I think I'm a bit like you because, you know, what's the point, really? Um, Tell us what you're enjoying about Scottish football this season then, because it's harder without fans, isn't it? No, it is, but I just think it's a lot better. Just to pick up the Hughes point there, I mean, there's been... Some quality games in Scotland this year, and there's been no fans. You know what I mean? So, and there's been a great, some have been a great watch, but you can't just go like that after the fans there, it would be amazing because of the game. The, the, the product's still the same, no matter if there's fans there or not. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think it's a, I, I don't know how we suddenly stumbled into is Scottish football good or not d- debate. I think there's plenty of other time for us to soul search and do that. Um, I'm not sure we need it right now But thank you very much to Mark For sticking up for us That's all good 01419511025 More of your calls next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors If we've learned one thing this year It's to listen to the experts Bowie at breakfast On the next show Man of the moment Nathan Evans King of the sea shanties Is going to have a wee Zoom chat with us Which I'm quite excited about But also slightly worried about Because apparently he wants to pull me up about something We're on the air from 6 Live from Glasgow Bowie at breakfast With the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Clyde One 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans is in the man cave Alex Ray is in the studio And they're both waiting for you 0141-951-1025 Let's not hang about Go straight back in with Robert Who is in Thornley Bank tonight What have you got for the panel Robert? Yes yeah, so it was just for uh, I hope his mum's happy I thought that Ian Jack goal Was probably the goal of the season you were talking about the Shanklin goal, but I saw the movement from the Rangers' point of view, from their own corner flag all the way up to the ball around the back of the net. I thought it was absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable football. Yes, and yeah. I'll give uh, Yogi Berry's due when <laughs> he turned around and says that uh, that's how football should be played. Just to see what the panel thinks about that Yes Edwin When Shanklin was on last week Alex It was the earliest ever goal of the season debate And yeah. I did also say to you earlier 
This just shows you It depends what you're interested in Shanklin's is unbelievable As far as long range yep. strikes And vision and all the rest of it Ryan Jacks is just so different But but good in its own way Yeah, You know I love a, a strike from distance Shanklin's strike Gordon was absolutely tremendous And uh, he's, had, he's had a difficult uh, season Shanks you know he's, uh, he's only scored a few goals I think he'd be looking to try and get more But that you can't take that away from him That is up there with the goal of the season If you're looking for a constructed uh, goal of the season like Proper football Tiki tack From left back uh, 19 passes And then finished by Jack That most certainly is up there And I think Stephen Gerrard says That's the goal that pleased him most So far this season Robert how good is it To have Ryan Jack Back amongst the Rangers team I'm very uh, I'm obviously delighted He's back there Absolutely delighted And the other point I had to say was About the Celtic Having their 10 in a row The Rangers have that league For 4 or 5 years and it was that easy four or five years before Rangers actually in that league. And I think Jerry's done over the time what he's had to do to stop the 10 in a row has been magnificent, absolutely magnificent. Uh, yeah, I mean, Hugh, how can you say that Rangers, Celtic were going for 10 in a row when Rangers weren't there? How can you say Celtic were invincible when they lost in Europe? How can you say Rangers are going to be invincible when they lost to St Mirren? Um, I think we need to strap oh, ourselves in for an interesting couple of months. I'll confine myself to the seasons in which Rangers were not in the Major League. That was Rangers' fault. They mismanaged their own affairs all the way to administration and liquidation and then had to go back to the bottom league. So the Major League does not go into a state of suspended animation because Rangers or any other club are not there. Rangers weren't there through their own financial mismanagement. What does Ryan Jack bring? Because Alex, yeah. already we're we're kind of going round in circles on various things. So if we're trying to keep it about this weekend, what, just for a minute, what what does Ryan Jack bring back to that Rangers team? Because you can't really be too critical. Obviously, they've been winning games that they're miles ahead. But maybe, just maybe, if you were looking for something, you could say that yeah. the last few performances hadn't quite been at the the heights previously, and then that was. That was put to bed at yeah. the weekend Gordon, you What does he bring to the table? Stephen Gerrard told us earlier on In his, his uh, post-match uh, About Ryan Jack He says he's a leader He brings standards to the training uh, And uh, he loves working with him Every time you listen to Stephen Gerrard Talk about Ryan Jack It's always in a glowing praise And uh, I think he'll be absolutely delighted He's back at the right time, Gordon Because you don't want to lose Players of that ilk for too long Even though they're winning um, And it's another option You know, As I said at the weekend There were seven Inter- full internationals on the bench So they have a, a raft of players Who can come on and change the game any given time And uh, I think Ryan Jack uh, Will be the I think it'll be pivotal Over the next couple of months uh, Robert earlier on I actually think it was a Rangers fan Who phoned in To, to sort of bring it up And talk about Going on Beaten or, or something along those lines and, and points totals for Celtic So this is a great thing You can't even blame me I didn't bring it up And I can now see the phone lines Lighting up with other Rangers fans Going oh, We don't care about that We, we just want to win uh, Win the league It doesn't matter how it happens What are you hoping for um, What are you expecting Between now and the end of the season well, I'm just hoping for it Well if I'm right enough Is it nine more games I just need to win Before they win the league Yes I think so Alex is that right Yeah I think it was 10 It was at 10 at the weekend Someone said And possibly 9 But that would mean That if they went 9 Celtic would have to win Whatever's left 16 games for Celtic or so So there's a lot of football Still to be played and I know a lot of football Still to be played Because I know that Celtic have got Hamilton They've got St Mirren at home So I'm expecting to beat Hamilton and St Mirren Because it would be Disrespectful to the two clubs But Being Celtic I expect to beat The two teams And 
we've still got another few games, we have another couple of games to go playing Celtic. But my point of view is, I think uh, the league is done, I think. Yeah, that's the thing, Hugh. I always, we would always like to try and kind of talk up the talk up the challenge or, or the excitement levels and Celtic at home to Hamilton Ackies there was a time when that would be an absolute no brain why are you even having the discussion and for some people it might still be that but you also get that, that feeling creeping in that given some of Celtic's recent uh, difficulties maybe it wouldn't be that much of a surprise if they found it uh, difficult on Wednesday night well, you know, you would argue that the big game is Hibs against Rangers at Easter Road. However, journalistically speaking, and I know this drives supporters up the wall, but it's just the way of the world. Journalistically speaking, people are looking at Celtic and Hamilton and thinking, they couldn't, could they? They couldn't mess that up, could they? And that's why uh, there'll be a lot of interest in that game. Of course, if Celtic did mess that one up, it, it just adds another layer to the bother they're in at the moment. But, you know... The, the the Rangers fans are in the fortunate position of knowing that the league is won and they can just trot on from now until the end of the season. And if Celtic drop more points, it's a an, a wee bonus for them. Okay, thank you, Robert. Let's bring in James and Paisley and get his point tonight. Hi, James. Hi, mate. Um, just a quick one, right? I was listening um, to the to the two Salty Johns there, right? And uh, the second one, but the first one made me laugh, right? Because Rangers don't care, or Rangers fans don't care about. This unbeaten one, right? It's just an ace on the top. The fact we stop the ten and that's done. They'll, they'll never be. They'll never see that again. So we don't care about that. But my second point was in was the second John Knight when he called it a ten pot league. And I've been saying this for years. And I actually phoned the show last year and said that. And I said that the other the, the couple of calls said about the English league being boring. I kind of put my foot in it because um, he's kind of kind of laughed a wee bit. But the point stands. See when you've got guys like Martindale and John Hughes actually trying to play football when you've got the two old firm teams who have carried the slack for so many years in this country because of what goes on off the field about bringing the game down. And then, for instance, no, no harm in Motherwell, but they played two, two banks of five. Nobody wants to buy that. Like, nobody wants to pay proper money on TV for that. So I don't know how John, uh, John can call that a Tim Pot League. When guys like that, Martindale, he's been an absolute revelation, honestly. Listen, and we're going to, I'm sure we'll get to him, Hugh, a bit later on. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the story is just unbelievable, and, and we will go in detail because it's going to be a big week for him. And he obviously got Livingston to the to the uh, League Cup final. We are not without our faults, obviously, but there is so much to, there is so much to like as well. Yeah, I mean, we are what we are. Uh, there's no point in comparing us to English football. I looked at uh, Frank Lampard's stats today, following his uh, dismissal at Chelsea. He spent £226 million in the close season. £226 million at one club. So there's no point in comparing us with what happens in England. We are what we are, and we provide an entertaining product, and that's why we currently have the biggest television contract that we've ever had. Um, Alex, the, the approach of individual managers James mentions, you know Well done John Hughes for, for playing football and, and sort of shame on Motherwell for playing two banks of five You know what I'm about to say, don't Absolutely, you? Absolutely, yeah One of them lost 5-0 and the other one led the game for 70 minutes So, yeah, J- John yeah. Hughes' way is, is the idealistic approach But you can totally understand why other managers just, just don't do it And want to look yeah. after results first, if possible I said at the time, Gordon, I have no issue with uh, teams setting up in any particular way, whether it's a defensive unit, a low block, whatever way you want to call it, they have their prerogative to do that. 
on that particular day I think it was a mistake by McGabby Which allowed uh, Rangers to get the first goal And then they went on and won it comfortably But listen, there's many ways to play the game I actually enjoy Scottish football You know, uh, uh, technically it's not the best But it has it's, 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 it has so much good parts to it You know, some brilliant games You know, a lot of clubs don't have the finances Gordon, it, it, when Hugh said that They're £200-odd million pound for one club That's a different playground altogether So we have to embrace what we have here and we have to try and encourage the younger guys to get involved as well So that they can actually bring a spark and a product to the Scottish game And just quickly, because we don't waste our time on other Mickey Mouse leagues We've got our own big league to focus on um, But in light of Frank Lampard's departure If you if view everything through a Scottish lens yep. What does that mean for Billy Gilmore? He always seemed to be a real favourite of yep. Frank Lampard Is that one to keep an eye on? Yeah, listen, I think Gilmore's going to be a top, top player. The problem he's got is he's got guys at £50 million, pound, Gordon. When you're paying £50 million, managers and, and chief executives want these guys to play. So, listen, I think Billy Gilmore will be a real top, top player in time. No doubt about it. James, thank you very much. It's time for this, though. Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. It's that time of the night. If you think that you play along at home and you're brilliant to beat the pundit, Now's the chance to see if you can stand up under pressure. That's that's where we, we separate it out to see who, who can really cut it. 01419511025. You phone up, you go head to head with Hugh or Alex, and if you get more questions right than them, the sign ball is yours. It's that simple. The lines close at seven o'clock though, so be quick. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here Still plenty of time Almost an hour for you to get your calls in 0141-951-1025 Twitter at Clyde SSB We kicked off the first hour Hearing from the likes of Stephen Gerrard A 5-0 win at the weekend Pre-contract for Scott Wright Ryan Jack Back in amongst the Rangers team Lots of calls from Celtic fans as well Giving us their thoughts on Where their team should go at the moment It was a big weekend in the League Cup semi-finals So if your team was involved Let us know what you made of it We're going to focus perhaps a bit on David Martindale's situation There's a big week coming up for him as well So we'll do all of that and more after we do this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football A new week, a clean slate You never know what to expect on Beat the Pundit The Pundits haven't been in great form since the start of 2021 Alex Ray's given me that look He's been no bad, to be fair I think they steadied the ship a little bit last week uh, So we'll see how they get on One of them is going to take on Robbie Who's a Rangers fan from Newton Stewart How's it going, Robbie? I not too bad yourself. Not bad at all. You ever played before? Yeah, no, I haven't. Yeah. How you one of these that plays at home? Though you pretty good when you play at home. How many do you, many many do you usually get? Uh, I play play at home, but I'll keep my card my cards close to my oh, chest. Yes, oh, wise, 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 no daft. <laughs> oh, Robbie wasn't born yesterday because I was going to bring that up at the end if it all goes wrong. Uh, okay, I'll toss the coin. If it's heads, you play Hugh Keevans and if it's tails, it will be Alex Ray. When it is tails It's Alex Ray You still 100% in 2021 I think you I are. don't know I'm not too sure I think you might be I'll check out the list Right I'm going to give Alex Some Clyde 2 to listen to So that he doesn't know What Robbie's say. He's, oh, he's dancing That's awful That's as bad a dance As I've ever seen uh, 30 seconds on the clock Robbie You're up against Alex And you can pass That's all you need to know You ready? Yep Good man 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts now who was the last Rangers manager before Gerrard to manage 150 games? Oh, Watersmith. Who was sacked as Chelsea manager today? 
Frank Lampard Sammy the Tammy is the mascot for which Scottish Championship team? Inverness Who did Livingston beat when they last won the League Cup in 04? Mm, pass Who's Celtic's current number 9? Griffiths Which team is currently top of La Liga? Ooh, Real Sociedad Who scored St Johnson's third goal against Hibs on Saturday? Craig Conway Okay right let's bring Alex Ray back Alex can you hear us? Yes Same set of questions to you I, I don't even want to know what you were listening to there I, I, It was brilliant I didn't think I, you had those dance moves uh, in Jimmy your locker I think it was Jimmy Somerville I don't know Set me up. free oh, dear me. Right that is enough <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, people have just people have <laughs> well, just, you've just ruined dinners and I'm doing nothing. I've just had a nice wee coffee there to get me going. It's not like you, right? You ready? Three seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. Who was the last Rangers manager before Gerard to manage 150 games? Wallace Smith. Who was sacked as Chelsea manager today? Lampard. Sammy the Tammy is the mascot of which Scottish Championship team? Alloa. Who did Livingston beat when they last won the League Cup in 04? Eh, uh, Falkirk. Who is Celtic's current number nine? Eh, uh, Griffiths. Which team is currently top of La Liga? Uh, Atletico Madrid Who scored St Johnson's third goal against Hibs on Saturday? Craig Conway Name any other professional team that Livingston's Scott Robinson has played for Partick Thistle mm, Robbie, 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 how do you think that went? Oh, I think Alec done well there uh, Listen, it just sounds well mate, believe me Right, okay, who is, let's find out the, the damage Who was the last Rangers manager Before Steven Gerrard To manage 150 games I'll let you off with it Robbie uh, I won't let you off Because I mentioned it A couple of times Over the weekend It was Ali McCoist Thanks for listening um, <laughs> Who was sacked As Chelsea manager today Frank Lampard You both got it oh, Sammy the Tammy Hugh Evans. Any idea? I know for sure mm-hmm. It's Dunfermline Athletic It is Dunfermline Athletic He's a bit of a character Is Sammy the Tammy I'm sure I was at that game Working when he did he not? He came down in the sort of cardboard tank and was like aiming it at the opposition fans. I think he got himself in a bit of bother for that one, did old Sammy. Uh, who did Livingston beat when they last won the League Cup in 04? It was Hibs. Mm. Uh, so it's still level, isn't it? One each. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. Um, who is Celtic's current number nine, Lee Griffiths? You both got it. Who is top of La Liga? It's Atletico Madrid. Alex got it, so he goes one in front. Who scored St Johnson's third against Hibs on Saturday? What did you say? Craig Conway Oh did you get it as well Gutted Sorry Robbie You got it And it didn't matter Then the last one Scott Robinson Hearts, Kilmarnock Dunfermline Or East Fife So is that a three For Alex Ray And Oh it's three all isn't it No Yes Did he get the last one I think it is What did you get Alex You got Atletico Madrid You got Lee Griffiths Ah no you got four Ugh, I'm afraid yep. Right Robbie He's done you by one If That's my arithmetic's right yeah. Hard lines Robbie Right thank you Good man Cheers, That was man. Robbie In Newton Short I'm just going to double check that I think you did Yeah you both got Lampard uh, you both got Griffiths uh, You both get Conway And you got Atletico Madrid Yeah, yeah he's tough Hard lines Hard lines Robbie Right okay 01419511 Told you You uh, had the coffee Before you come on this show I hope it's not a performance Enhancing coffee On Beat the Pundit That would be the, <laughs> that's the last thing we need uh, Right 01419511025 On the phones At Clyde SSB On Twitter What did you make of the League Cup semi-finals Over the weekend Hugh? Uh, I thought it was a very bad day for Jack Ross and Hibbs. Uh, only one win in six games. Their second semi-final defeat of the season, although uh, one was held over from last season. Um, very poor defensively, but all due credit to Callum Davidson uh, and St Johnston, who haven't had the best of seasons. And, of course, the story of the season out with Rangers 
going for their first title in a decade has to be David Martindale. It's now 11 games in charge, no defeat at all, and a cup final. And, of course, his fit and proper person hearing at 10.30 tomorrow morning. Uh, what a story the man is creating. Yeah, let's start there and work our way back. So, St Mirren fans, where did it go wrong yesterday? Give us all your thoughts, any Livy fans out there, on your manager. The story that just keeps going at the moment. 01419511025. Let's hear from... David Martindale uh, He says Getting to the Betfred Cup final Is huge for everyone Connected with the club He admits it wasn't Pretty at times But he knew it would be A nervy occasion Delighted to get out Of the dressing room Because the volume's at Top Top Maximum va- uh, volume So <laughs> Quite happy to get out Of the dressing room The boys are in there Singing and dancing I think it's more about the club I'm just absolutely delighted For the people at the club The community The fans It's been a Horrendous year for everybody And if that can give A wee bit of Positivity to the fans I'm delighted Absolutely delighted I think, I think the ball's away to the local hospital, that's what I think. It's not always going to be pretty, and as I said to the boys at half-time, I said, nobody remembers how you get to the final, you just remember when you're in the final. And I've I've played a lower level, obviously, but I've played in semi-finals myself, and they're not always pretty. There's a lot of nerves play a big part in the game. Even if you'd asked me at the start, the start when I took over as caretaker manager, like <laughs> you'd have probably said it would be great to win the next three games, next couple of games, it would be great, but you would not. I never thought I'd be sitting here 11 games undefeated and going into the League Cup final. Uh, we've got Callum on the line. Callum is a big follower of all things Livingston. Callum, what did you make of it yesterday? Oh, um, absolutely incredible achievement, obviously. Um, probably understatement of the year, but I mean, in terms of you guys watching, probably not. Exciting in terms of the, the football played and things, but I mean, if, if we look back at it and, we, and maybe we go on to win it or or we get to the final, which we obviously have, I don't think that we're going to be that that bothered about it. Um, I think it's, it's it highlights that obviously defended incredibly and into the final, of course. And you just need to look at the team though. Yesterday, you know, the, in terms of the recruitment over the, the last few years, um, we've had a, a lot of you know incredible players at the club, guys, you know, coming from from nowhere, basically the likes of Scott Pittman. Uh, Sign for the likes of Boness, uh, used to play with Broxburn Juniors, I think, with David Martindale actually, yep. um, in the middle of the park. Uh, Josh Mullen and for Albion Rovers initially, boys with un- sorry, unknown quantities, the likes of Fitzwater and Guthrie. And I think people like Nicky Devlin too, um, not new to Scottish football, but not a lot of top flight experience. Um, I don't know, I'll, I'll put it to use. I think, you know, the, there's not a better Scottish right back out there at the minute on form. Um, I don't think it's you know, awkward for me to, to speak about maybe him going into the, the squad for the Euros. Um, and again, another great piece of recruitment, obviously, Scott Robinson, who I think just epitomises Livingston, scored the winner yesterday at East five, four years ago, part-time, you know, impressed while playing against us in League One. So that shows, obviously, how far we've come. Yeah, on that point, I mean, we are obviously, we, we, we are bogged down, that's the wrong phrase, but we, we focus very much on on the Glasgow sides here, uh, Callum and, and obviously Rangers down in, in the uh, third division at the time and worked their way back up. But that aside, I was thinking about this yesterday. The, the Livingston story, you, you must be the the roller coaster club of, of Scottish football, really, in, in the last, I don't know, 20 years or so. Because we mentioned and beat the pundit there, that 2004 Cup victory, where the club's been then to get back to, to where they are now. What What's so special about this current group? I don't, I don't know personally. I mean, I, it's just incredible, obviously, what's happened. Um, if you look at obviously our form recently, it's you know since David Martindale's come in and taken the job permanently, it's been incredible. I just obviously spoke about Scott Robinson there, but for me, he sort of epitomises 
what we're all about. Obviously, you know, you, you, you spoke about it there yourself. We seem to get written off a lot. You know, people now kind of realising that, that we're not going to go away. Um, I think Robinson's work rate determination sort of sums up the whole club for me. Boys will play wherever they're asked just to do the job for the team. Um, I think if you look, you know, across the even world football, you know, you can point out players. Maybe you take somebody out of a team um, or, or they get sold or whatever, they'll, they'll be a lot worse off. But for me at Livy, you know, I don't think there's one kind of star player. Um, for me, it's like a, it's a complete team. You know, it's no individuals. You know, if you, if you take someone out, they replace with somebody just as strong. Um, I think that's been proven as well over the last few years. You know, losing top players like Gallagher, Kelly, Halkett, Dykes, and, and we've managed to replace them. Yeah, well, I have to I have to say, I think one of the key things for me is the, the recruitment. I actually really like the boy Serrano at left back. I think he does brilliant. And then you've got the experience in the middle of Ambrose, Guffrey. I think the addition of uh, Bartley and on the middle of the park is a spirit. One of the players that I used to watch as a young boy was Graham Sibbald. You know, Craig. I think sorry, Craig Sibbald when he was at Falkirk, Gordon. I think he's got hundred games in Jeff time. And you're looking at him and I thought, oh, but he's really kicked on as well. Robinson up front is just kind of charges about like nobody's business. I think he's got six goals his last five or six, five goals in his last nine games, Gordon. So it's a guy in form. I, I I'm absolutely buoyed with what I'm watching here because it's a, like, a temporary manager. They've given them a position, hopefully after tomorrow's uh, hearing. But more importantly, you know, they can get into the top six as well, going to in fire at the moment, and rightly so. Right, Hugh Kevens. The next step, though, is David Martindale. Does he get passed as a fit and proper person by the Scottish FA, free to lead Livingston out at that League Cup final? That hearing takes place tomorrow. What's your own view on that situation? Again, plain speaking, what David Martindale did in his past was horrendous. The crime, any crime that involves drugs, is horrendous. And he was sentenced to six and a half years in prison. He served his sentence. And my firm belief is that once you have paid your debt to society, you are entitled to rehabilitation. There must be forgiveness in this life. Otherwise, what do we want as an alternative? Mm. And Alec is a charity called Second Chance. Everyone in this life deserves a second chance. David Martindale never at any time tries to draw a veil over what was in his past. And he knows it was a very, very serious crime. He has paid his dues to society. And I think he really ought to be given permission tomorrow to carry on with his job. He has come out, he has re-educated himself, he has a university degree, he has a wife, he has a young child, and he deserves the right to go on as a rehabilitated member of society. Listen, I think you touched on that there, I think everything he says is 100% uh, correct as well, Gordon. What message would it send out to people who who did go to prison if they were trying to kind of turn their life around? And go out to the big bad world and, and make a life for themselves. This guy's done it. He's paid his he's paid his due, and uh, I, I don't imagine it would be easy in prison either. So you know, very difficult circumstances. I hope he gets a pass tomorrow to continue the good work he's doing at Livingston. Callum, what's your take on it? Because uh, uh, David Martindale would admit himself, this can't really allowed to be clouded by the fact that they're winning games of football. That that's kind of irrelevant. I think David Martindale said as much. You know, results uh, won't come into it. So. Uh, as someone who cares passionately about Livingston, how do you feel about the situation? Yeah, I think the guys there have nailed it on the head. You know, I think they're spot on. I think a lot has been said about Davey. You know, he's a, a breath of fresh air around uh, Scottish football. You know, everyone I've spoken to 
agrees about that. You know, he just says it how it is, sort of no cliches and, and no messing about. You just get complete honesty, which for me, I think is very refreshing, you know. Um, but, you know, obviously a lot made about his past. Um, of course, that's going to be brought up. Personally, for me, I think I can only judge him off sort of my experience with Davey. Lucky enough to not sort of know him through the club and being involved in the media type of things. And he's honestly a, a top guy. You know, you just got to look at him. Recently, he's optioned off his Manager of the Month award uh, to the Kick Mental Health Charity, for example. Results also speak for themselves too. You know, he's clearly a top manager. And you'll not meet a guy, in my opinion, that works as hard as David Martindale. You know, he's worked his way up over the last six or seven years, you know, with the, the West Lovian Youth Foundation, just laying out the cones and things and volunteering and now in charge of the first team. So it's, it's obviously a brilliant story and he, he deserves that second chance in life. You know, it's down to his hard work. Testament to David, you know, his willingness, willingness sorry, to, to turn his mm-hmm. life around. And, you know, he's been very well received. You know, I, I've listened to this show as well and, and you see things on social media. He's very well received by almost every single fan across the country, which, you know, it's almost unheard of these days and like he's universally liked and at the minute almost worshipped that Livy and, and hopefully that, that can continue and the SFA can make the, the correct decision. Yeah, Callum's got a bit of inside track there Working closely uh, with David Martindale at times Callum's also on the, his Talk Livy podcast So he knows his stuff Thank you very much to Callum for joining us On the line for every winner though On the flip side of that St Mirren fans uh, Alex is in Cardonald Is that a tough one to take yesterday Alex? Well first of all guys uh, I would like to wish Lewis to all the best in the final And congratulations for winning the game uh, absolutely gutted, Gordon. Uh, eight years since the last appearance, put up for in a final for St Mirren, and uh, you know you'd have taken your chances with any of them three teams. And we had probably the best chance we're going to get, you know, uh, in the near future to get another cup final for the fans, and especially when the circumstances were in. But the the lineup, Jim was on radio a couple of weeks ago saying that um, he was never playing the strengths of the team that he always seemed to have a negative setup. I mean, seeing a team yesterday, I knew straight away that, you know, we were going to be in for a tough day. Uh, we, we never made the most of the opportunity. you got one chance at these things, and the last thing that you want to do is come off that park thinking, what if, what if? Uh, and that was definitely the story for St Mum yesterday. Yeah, you could argue we could have had a penalty and yeah. make one each at one point. But we've never done enough. The, the first half, we never turned up. And after beating Aberdeen and beating Rangers, and more importantly, beating Rangers in the fashion that we did, we were we were abysmal yesterday. We were absolutely abysmal until the last ten minutes when we threw everything up front, created a couple of half chances. John O'Beefish should have scored with a header. Um, you know, we're tactically naive. The two young lads, uh, McPherson and Aham in the middle of the park, Bartley and uh, Holt showed their experience. Every time they get near the box and they felt a wee nudge, they threw themselves down and then Livy threw the ball into the box. That was going to be the tactics. We should have known it. But we set ourselves up far too negatively to go out and win a game, which was there for the taking. But as I say, congratulations to Livingston. Did you feel like Eamon Brophy, a bit of a tough shift up against, because, you know, Livingston defend uh, very resolutely, and you look at guys like uh, John Guthrie, F.E. Ambrose, for instance, was it was it a bit of a tough ask? Was that was was, was that what annoyed you, the, the sort of final third, if you like? Well, I think what annoyed me was we didn't create enough chances for Brophy. You know, if you look at F.E. Ambrose, Critics in the year, and you know, I, I really fancied that we, we broke up against him, but he needs another forward playing alongside him. You need an Erwin or you need a beat up there to win a flick on, and Brophy's got the pace to get by the two centre halves, but you need to get the ball up the park. 
and that was the issue. The first half, we never done it. And the second half, we're knocking in 25, 30-yard diagonal balls. McAllister's a brilliant ball in the back post, but that isn't the kind of game that uh, Brophy's going to need. What, what he needs is wingers getting to the byline and cutting the ball back so that defenders have to turn. So Mern haven't done that for ages. But we've done it against Rangers. The goals that we scored against Rangers um, were balls that were played, dangerous balls into the box from you know 18 yards to the touchline. We, we never looked like doing that yesterday, as I say, until the last 10 minutes. And the last 10 minutes is too late, but then... Hugh, this is, there's always going to be an added frustration when... You lose to a team round about you We said this in the build up to the games These were four teams where the four sets of fans Would all believe that it could be their year Sometimes when you go out to Celtic Or you go out to Rangers You just have to hold your hands up But Alex and the St Mirren fans Sensed that there was a chance there And that's where a lot of the disappointment comes from I'd imagine Well I can only say to Alex History repeating itself Because St Mirren beat Aberdeen and Rangers And you think Oh they could do this in 2004, when Livingston beat Hibs to win this cup competition, when David Hay was the Livingston manager, Hibs had put out Celtic and Rangers. So that's what happens in life when you least expect it, the wee team hits back. Yeah, a bit of disappointment for Jim Goodwin and everyone involved. I, I said at the weekend, all four managers would have thought they had a good good opportunity, but they just didn't do enough on the day. And, and the actual goal to give away, they'd be disappointed, Gordon, because it's just a ball into the box. It, it's, the the type, it's almost the type of goal that you know Livingston are capable of, so you yeah. then need to be up. up Absolutely. To that. Well, the thing is, Robinson wins the initial header, Gordon, and you think to yourself, how does he actually do that when you've got all the big centre halves mm. in there? So it'd be disappointing. And, and as, as the caller said, Alex, particularly after beating Aberdeen and Rangers. Right, Alex, good to hear from you. Hopefully, we'll do it again. Again, we better take a breather. I've got a full-time teaser for you as well and plenty time for more calls coming up next. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Alex Ray and Hugh Keevens are here. We're about to speak to Jimmy in Yoker, but I'll quickly give you your teaser tonight, courtesy of Eric Duff, who sent it in. If you're out there, and unfortunately, I know we've all got a bit more spare time perhaps at the moment, if you think you could come up with a question to test the pundits, the address you need is fulltime at Clyde1.com. So Eric is looking for the last eight Scotland internationals to play for Man United. It doesn't include Scott McTominay, so it's before that. Can you name the last eight Scotland internationals to play for Man United Hugh Brian McClear He is on the list Well done Alex Ray Ferguson Darren Ferguson No uh, No What am I thinking about there Darren Fletcher Fletcher that's it yes <laughs> I was wondering yeah, right well done, okay. yeah, Darren, just, the, just the 80 caps for Darren Fletcher Yep Okay look we'll leave it there That's a great start Darren Fletcher Brian McClear um, I'm not telling you the time frame yet But if I need Can to I later I will more? Go on then Gordon McQueen no, so he's out with that Ooh, last eight sorry, Oh, see So we're looking for the last eight Scotland internationals to play for Man United Before Scott McTominay Darren Fletcher, Brian McClare Both on the list Gordon McQueen did But he's not one of the last eight So he doesn't count Jimmy uh, is in Yoker Let's just quickly see Because I think on a similar topic um, Rhys Campbell tweeted in to say That the SFA make a fair few mistakes every season But if Martindale wasn't to get the job It would be a real sad day for Scottish football It's very inspiring for people who yep. want to change their lives and do something good Jimmy I think that's the topic That you're on about Is that fair? Yeah How you doing guys Hope you're all keeping safe Thank you um, I, I worked in Glasgow For many years uh, Under the rehabilitation uh, Offenders uh, And uh, Let's not judge 
uh, everybody be the cover. I heard about Hugh and Alex saying that. No, I mean, what would society be like if we didn't give everybody a chance? You know, a second chance. I mean, David Martindale's done a fantastic job in football, but I've, I've looked a wee bit more into what he's done. You know, he's, he's done a lot for the community, etc. He's made a mistake in his life. Now, a lot of the guys that used to come through uh, our books, that some of them are uh, uh, rascals and that. And yes, some of them could have been quite naughty. But, you know, David Martindale's paid the price. And he paid the price of prison. And he served his time and he's come back. And he's been a credit to himself and his family. So I'm hearing people saying, well, listen to him talk. I mean, listen to me talk. I'm from Partick originally, for Hugh's old uh, place, you know. I talk just the way I talk. So because David Martindale seems like people say, listen to him, he talks like a wee Ned. Well, that's the way David Martindale talks. I sent a letter to, to David. I've no done a reply and I wish him all the best. You know, he's, he, he made a mistake in life at Raw made and, uh, and Times for Times, Gordon. And just let him get on me. And if SFA do not allow the man to get on me his life, then, then sh- shame on them, you know. And I just wish David... All the best for whatever happens in, in the future. But I'm sure that the SFA will make the right decision. Don't judge everybody by the cover, people. He's, he's, a, he's a football man and he's a family man. And let it end at that and let him go on with his life. Hugh, I, I couldn't speak on behalf of everyone, but my guess would be, looking at social media, if the fans of Scottish football were making this decision, it wouldn't take long. And David Martindale would be the Livingston manager. No problem at all. That's what the feedback on this show suggests. Um, interesting today, I don't know if you saw what... Um, what Livingston put on their social media Was that they actually received um, A letter from a professor Phil Scratton or Scraton, Not sure if I pronounced that properly um, Who was well known um, For some of his work in, in the Hillsborough Inquiry and so on and, and he decided just off his own back To write to Ian Maxwell And, and basically make the case For David Martindale that This is his area of expertise And he speaks about The punitive element of the sentence And the, the rehabilitation Which has clearly been successful And, and so on So this is actually is, is Gathering a bit of um, A bit of momentum I've seen some political intervention Today as well I think the local MP Making a similar case To agree with Jimmy and I'm glad he said he came from party. No finer place. Uh, just because David Martindale speaks the way he does, that has no reflection whatsoever on his uh, ability to rehabilitate himself into society. Uh, and good luck to him for the way he speaks. You know, you, you don't have to be an Oxford graduate to be the manager of Livingston. I summarise my case for David Martindale by saying... If you don't believe in forgiveness, what do you believe in? Eternal damnation. Why? Uh, Jimmy, from your own experiences then, just explain to us a bit about why that's why, why you think it's so important and what sort of message it could send out. Just elaborate a bit because you've got much more expertise in this than I do. Well, I mean, I mean the, the job that I'd done was, was basically the rehabilitation of offenders, you know. Um, some were, had been in prison originally, some were uh, very prison oriented that they couldn't live anywhere apart from prison and some people find that hard to believe that some people become institutionalised that prison is the best place for themselves because they feel comfortable and so you've got to give everybody a chance that, to, to try and, and, and rehabilitate their life you know I know there's been some nasty people out there who, who have done silly nasty things that yeah, see, they deserve to be in prison for a very long time but David Martindale's sentence it was he's done that sentence for for the offences that he committed, but he's rehabilitated himself, 
And I can assure you that, I, mean, I don't know the statistics now, especially in Glasgow, but I mean, the, the re-offending for, for the rehabilitation um, communities can, it's, at one point was quite high, but I know it, it started to come down. So what people go on with their lives, because somebody's done something silly in their life or a criminality, then don't keep judging them. You know, you've got to let them live their lives. And that's, and I get a good good uh, pleasure for seeing guys and, and, and women as well who come through our organisation that they actually manage to take part in society. Don't keep pointing the finger at these people and, and you look, treating them like lepers. There's no lepers, they're human beings and, and, and they've got a lot to contribute to society. And I'm sure that the, the outcome tomorrow for David Martindale will be very, very good. Yeah. And, and I hope it is. I'm sensing a lot of... Um... A lot of support for him, Alex. I'm just looking at social media and, um, yeah. Yeah, as I said, uh, we've got Jimmy on the line here who works with people, Gordon, to try and uh, rehabilitate them. And uh, as I said, if you're going and getting a degree and then you're starting at the very bottom of an organisation and working your way up to the first team manager, you have to commend people for that, Gordon, because it's a difficult road. You know, it probably goes against some of the characteristics of certain people and he's done that and, and he's in a good place at the moment. Regardless of the way he talks, I love his post-match interviews. See, with the, with the, with the, the boys away to the hospital, I, I thought that was brilliant because it wasn't a classic game. He's calling it as as, as he sees it. And, and I'm sure the SFA will do the right thing tomorrow. Uh, physics Man says, in terms of Martindale, every sinner has a future and every saint a past. He's been a revelation for Livy. That's from a Rangers fan. Uh, PR admitting it on Twitter. He says, first time I heard David, I thought, who is this? But that was ignorant of me, getting to know him yeah. better. All I want... Is success. Uh, thank you very much, Jimmy in Yoker. Great to hear your thoughts on it. 01419511025 on that or anything else. If you want to get back uh, to the football at the weekend, that is absolutely fine. Um, so many good responses to this teaser. I'll get to that in just a second. Let's bring in Graham, who is a Rangers fan from Bells Hill. How's it going, Graham? Good evening. How are you doing? I'm not bad. How are you? You well? Good. I'm well. I'm very well. Thank What's you. Stuff? What's your point? I- I just wanted to add to the debate about the Invincibles and all that kind of thing you were talking about with the Rangers team. Um, and something that popped into my mind, which hasn't really been discussed, was the fact that on the 18th of February, we've got Royal Antwerp coming up in the, in the Europa League. And, you know, Stephen Gerrard's been very good at tweaking the team and, you know, making some slight changes. But I wonder with the gap and the strength of where we are in the league, whether his focus might shift more on the Thursday games, because obviously it's a competition that we're still very much pushing to try and proceed in and perhaps we might see the the team change slightly for the, the league games if the gap remains as it is um, and more focus on the Thursday games. Alex? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's Royal Antwerp that uh, Stephen Gerrard now has to negotiate at the end of February, Gordon. And uh, they're a decent team. We, we Buffalo was on the phone saying they've got good uh, characteristics. I think the priority is most certainly over the coming four mm. or five weeks will most certainly be the league, depending on how that plays out. But mm. I think it gives every game the same importance. They do the same work. Uh, I don't see them changing anything uh, to, to try and supersede, to try and put emphasis on it. Another, the league mm. for me is the most important thing. The thing is, Hugh, I don't, I'm not, no one would argue with that. But given how good Rangers have been And given that the draw Let's be honest I'm not for a second saying it's easy Nowhere near it But it could have been A lot more Aye. difficult Aye. There must be a real urge Within Rangers To, to, to want to Progress and, and go as far as they can Especially given that the league In all people's minds Is, is pretty much done Or done Well first of all Antwerp 
very much come into the winnable category for Rangers. They've beaten better than Antwerp. Secondly, there is plenty of scope for change if you want to rotate between domestic and European football. There's plenty of scope there for Rangers. A squad who on Saturday, for example, scored five goals, five different goal scorers, and as I said, uh, Jermaine Defoe didn't get one and neither did Morelos. So goals come from all over the place for Rangers. I think they can easily handle, without anyone developing nervous anxiety over it, I think they can easily handle their European commitments and their domestic commitments in tandem, not a problem. Yeah, Graham, I suppose on that front, you know, Ryan Jack coming back, Scott Arfield, I don't think he's far away. Ruth's back um, as well. That, that all must be coming together at a good time. Yeah, definitely. I, hope, I, I think the, the, the team's really strong at the moment. I was really encouraged as well by the introduction of Patterson at the weekend. Um, so, you know, with the amount of games that Tavernier's been playing, that's the kind of point I was making that we might see Patterson play more of the, the league games mm-hmm. towards the end of the season and somebody like Tavernier maybe get a rest. Uh, but yeah, I'm really encouraged to, you know, the, the fact that the, the injured players seem to be making a return as well. We're looking strong. Would Scott Wright come in ideally this month, Graham? Uh, especially if we're still in all competitions so far, then certainly I, I would like to see that. Um, you know, if a, if a kind of financial deal can be can be brokered with the club, I think it would do the lad well as well to get in with the team and, you know. It, you know, it, you've got to wonder if his focus will remain on Aberdeen for the rest of the season. Now that he's he's, he's looking, you know, beyond that, um, it's also a difficult, you know, situation for Devin McInnes. Does he continue to play him or not? So I think if we can get him in, absolutely, why not? Yeah, I mean, Alex, I'm trying to think if you if there are any obvious examples of your career. Did any of your teammates ever sign pre-contracts or anything? What, what was that like? Gordon, I signed a I signed a pre-contract with uh, Rangers and. More or less directly after that, I sat the rest of the season on the bench, uh, having had assurances for the manager because uh, Blackburn were trying to sign this during the January window, and he says, "Listen, we can't let you go. You're one of our key players." And then as soon as I signed the pre-contract, he, he, he bumped me to the bench. So, uh, and was, was there no hope of accelerating that then and getting the deal done? Was it well, always the window be... had been closed, Gordon? So effectively, yeah. it was it was uh, done and dusted by that stage. But you know, uh, Middleton's gone to St Johnston on loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would imagine uh, Stuart and Jones might go on loan. And that might facilitate to pay some money towards uh, uh, Scott Wright. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Graham. It was good to speak to you. Give us a call back sometime, please. That was Graham uh, in Bells Hill. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. See, just when you think you've seen everything on social media, right? Something else pops up and surprises you. There, there now appears to be a Twitter account, um, which is called Celebrities with Fish Fingers. Genuinely, right? And uh, okay, and where we're going with this? It's, well, it's, does what it says on the tin. There, there is no, there is no joke. And it's tweeted in to just say, "Does Hugh like fish fingers?" And then he's sort of photoshopped a picture of Hugh Keevans holding up fish fingers. I don't know. I love fish fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot tell a lie. They are good, to be fair, aren't they? They're amazing. Every time the kids have them, I'm wolfing in. Honestly, you ever had a fish finger in a roll? I can't say I have Would you, would you recommend it? Oh yeah Lovely <laughs> What's happened to this show? Honestly Anyway <laughs> uh, That was Captain Birdseye And Alex Ray Joining me on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard uh, You got any more on this teaser? Name the last eight Scotland internationals To play for Man United Before Scott McTominay Darren Fletcher And Brian McClare Jim uh, Leighton Yes Wee Gordon Strachan He's on the list Well done uh, Andy Gorham Yep 
And I think we'll leave it there Because you've got three to get So we'll get them next Number one for football In Glasgow and the West 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Alex Ray and Hugh Keevens are here Let's go straight back to the phones And bring in Pat Who's a Celtic fan from Govan Hill What have you got for us tonight Pat? I'll keep it short It's about Big Shoggy and his family Amazes with Hugh Keevens And Big Shoggy Everson was a, a player That every Celtic fan loved But it was a game at Ibrox I was there, Hugh, I remember, I'm not sure about Alec. And Celtic were 2-0 up at half-time at Ibrox. Big Shuggy was running riot. And Joe Wallace took Derek Johnson, second half up front. And Celtic put Big Shuggy back, he said half, and Rangers won 3-2. I'll never forget that game, <laughs> for all reasons right enough. But he was one of these characters, every fan loved him. And all the best to his family and the people in Iceland and... Yeah, well said, Pat. That was sad news, Hugh Evans. I know you have, well, you've got a story yeah. for everything, but I know in particular uh, that's a player you remember well. Ah, big sugar. Johannes Edvaldsson, to give him his proper name, came here from Iceland. Uh, and let me put it this way. No-nonsense defender. And Alec will know what I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, what Celtic lack this season is a Shuggy Edvaldsson, amongst other things. Uh, you know, real no-nonsense defender, and when he went up into the opposition box for set pieces, he was a real pest for their defence as well. One of those guys who came to Scotland and never left. He had a, a pub in London Road at one stage, uh, and was much loved by those who watched him play and, and those who were on his licensed premises. Uh, and again, uh, I know that his daughter was phoning round last night telling people uh, about the passing of her father. Again, as Pat said, uh, condolences to the Edvaldson family. Pat, thank you very much for bringing that up. That's a nice note. I wanted to get that in at some point tonight, so I'm glad that you did it for us. Thank you very much again, Pat, uh, in Govan Hill. Will we take another? Let's, yeah, let's try and squeeze in a couple more uh, before the end. Liam is in Airdrie. Hi, Liam. Hi guys, very quickly, don't care how you are, he's your producer's head, so let's get on with it. Um, Neil Lennon has got to go. I, I supported him for months. Uh, unfortunately, the Dubai debacle was the final straw for me. Um, I haven't been back to Darius for a year, so why were the players over in you know a, a desert preparing for winter conditions in Scotland? It was just ridiculous. Um, what is the board doing? What is Peter Lawwell doing? What is Dermot Des Desmond doing? Why have they not made the decision? Look at what happened to Chelsea today with Frank Lampard, legend of the club. Why are we not doing the same to Neil Lennon I respect Neil Lennon I love everything done for the club but it's time to go Can I get your theory first Liam on why nothing's being done is, is that because well there's an obvious answer which is well they, they think Neil Lennon's the man for the job and, and he will continue as Celtic manager or is it is it about something else I, and I don't know what that may yeah. be why do you think that it's it's not happened I thought I thought long and hard Gordon I actually think now it's the money I think um, Peter Lawa doesn't want to spend you know 300 grand to get rid of Neil Lennon he doesn't want to spend another half a million pounds to bring in a top manager. And then, you know, you're, you also got season tickets for next season. What's going to happen with COVID? Are we going to get fans back on the ground? Are people going to buy season tickets again, like they did this year? I don't think so. Obviously, 10 rows has been lost. But I think it comes down to money. And that, that's, a real dis that's really disappointing for me. Uh, Hugh, this is what's so strange about this, because... The Celtic fans will always do it before us, no matter what people... We would never talk about who's going to replace Neil Lennon um, while he's still on the job until the Celtic fans then sort of bring it up. And it's become such a... 
such a widespread topic Everything seems to be Kind of suspended at the moment We're, we're in the, the latter Very You know Late on in a transfer window Celtic don't seem to be doing any business Is that Because he's not Going to be the manager And things are going to be Restructured Or, or what, what is going on I think they've stalled for time on this one When there were the car park Disturbances at Celtic Park You read out the statement one night Which said that uh, Neil would be staying in post and uh, there would be a review of the situation in January. And I said to you at the time, in other words, he's in the job until the 2nd of January when Celtic play Rangers. So, of course, not only do Celtic lose the game to Rangers, they then go off to Dubai. And we all know what happened thereafter. Uh, now things have gone from bad to worse. I do believe there was a plan for Peter Lawwell to address the supporters on club television, but the plan was scrapped uh, because of the negative reaction to Peter Lawwell's explanation and apology for going to Dubai. Uh, so again, they're in the position where they're still hedging their bets. I suspect Neil will stay till the end of the season because I do not believe that Celtic know who they want to replace Neil Lennon. If that was to be the case, Liam, how would that make you feel if it was a case of just Neil Lennon staying in situ till the end of the season and, and taking it from there? I don't think you'd be impressed. Is that fair? I would, Gordon. It just, I think it's going to get worse. I don't see how it's going to improve. I mean, is, is, what if we lose, you know, do we lose 5 0 to Hamlet? I don't think that's going to happen. But if it did, would he still stay in the job? You know, we lose, uh, bucked out the Scottish Cup by someone, we lose to Rangers in the next two games. I mean, when does it end? You know, that's the thing. Again, it's not an anti-Neil Lennon thing. I have respect for Neil Lennon everything he's done for the club, but unfortunately I think his reputation is, is, is up for debate now. I think the respect a lot of Celtic fans are starting to have, and not me, but a lot of my fellow Celtic fans are starting to really lose a lot of respect for Neil because he's not fallen on his sword. He should have done it after Dubai. He took responsibility for the press conference. I respect that. But he should have fallen on his sword when he took blame for the Dubai debacle. That, see, that's my opinion See last midweek Liam We had calls Ahead of the Livingston game Where Celtic fans were Sort of Almost saying that The, the game didn't really matter For them And of course Celtic went and dropped points Within it we're, we're now back At another midweek fixture In your eyes Because things According to you Have got so bad Can it be made worse By dropping points Against Hamilton Or is the situation Now actually bigger than that You know there used to be A time where we would talk Before the match Oh you know Could Neil Lennon Survive a defeat Or could he survive a draw Has this situation Gone Gone bigger than that And and where these Individual results Actually don't Don't matter I I think the results Always matter I mean I think You just have to you can't just take one game at a time. It's just it's, it's got to be a decision has to be made. Every game is important for me as a Celtic fan. I want to see us win every game, but you know we can't just say well these results don't matter even if the title is beyond us. We, every game matters, and that's that's the important thing. The, the more the longer Neil in the stays, I'm afraid to say it, the worse results are going to get. That's that's where I feel. Listen, if they're waiting to try and uh, get a decent manager in the summer so that the that season ticket money you know gives the, the same volume, Gordon. It's a tricky strategy because the longer this goes on, um, the longer the Celtic fans have to suffer because it has been a really difficult season for them. Like two wins in twelve out of a lot of competitions, they're now on a run four four games where they haven't uh, win, and uh, I think you have to go back twenty years. I said last week I felt as if the board were lacking leadership. Even if they remove Neil, you can bring in a couple of coaches just to see you through uh, by time through to the summer, and then unveil mm. a, a decent sized manager who the fans will uh, take mm. to. 
Because Hugh, maybe there is nothing in it at all But you can understand why people are looking at the transfer window And, and trying to take conclusions there Because Celtic are going to be without Christopher Julian for four months Everyone said that, that they needed a centre-back um, There was personal opinion whether they need a goalkeeper or not but, but everyone seemed to expect Celtic to at least move For a central defender this window, did they not? Yeah, maybe they still um, will. But I, I don't think they will, Gordon. I, I think the transfer market, so far as this January is concerned, is an irrelevance for Celtic. All the damage has been done now, and I do appreciate that more damage could be done. However, this is about the restructuring of the entire club. Nicky Hammond, head of recruitment, cannot possibly stay. To my way of thinking, the chief executive is he staying? Only Peter Lawwell and Dermot Desmond will know that because Peter Lawwell, if he is staying, would have to be central to the process of picking the next manager. So it it runs even deeper than Neil Lennon. This is about the restructuring of the entire backroom at the club. Liam, thank you very much. Make sure you stay in touch with us as this one evolves over the coming days and weeks and months. That was Liam and Airdrie. Uh, let's hear from the managers from the other Semi-final St Johnston Through to the League Cup final After seeing off Hibs Here's Callum Davidson Yeah delighted I think first 30 minutes Probably didn't think Might get there uh, I thought Hibs were excellent uh, First 30 minutes We rode our luck a little bit uh, And then once we started To settle down a wee bit I thought uh, the boys were, were brilliant Especially second half I thought they performed To a really high level And you know, saw out the game Really well Most of the time this season We've probably been teams That have been playing well And we get Sort of Knocked out with the sucker punch, you know, so uh, today it was nice uh, to do the other way around. Uh, and I thought once we got the goal, uh, I think that settled the players. I think you saw it in the performance. I thought second half, you know, I thought they moved the ball really well. I thought we defended really well. You know, Hibs are a real good attacking team. You know, just delighted we managed to get through to the final. Happy Callum Davidson. Jack Ross not so happy, as you can imagine. I'm angry at the manner in which we played in the last 35 minutes of the game. I think we um, we were far too meek in, in terms of taking the opportunity to get to the final. Balance it out with saying we were good first half. Didn't deserve to be behind at half-time, but we were. So we had to retain a discipline in all aspects of our play, and that's not about going around kicking people. That's about doing every part of the game properly. Believing that if you do so, then you would continue to perform in that way. And we didn't do that second half. Our reaction to going behind, to going, sorry, conceding the second goal was um, was far from good enough, and that's why we um, we have thumbed our nose up at the opportunity to get to the final. Right now, my, my anger and disappointment is at our reaction in the second half, because... Um, the first half then becomes irrelevant. So we spoke at half-time about maintaining and continuing to do the same things we had done first half because we had been good and we had created a lot. And although we hadn't taken those opportunities, if we thought if we continued to do so, you will take one of them. But as I said, we didn't because our reaction to conceding the second goal was nowhere near good enough. Good going, sorry. Going back to that idea, Hugh, of the the, the favourites tag, if, it, if there really was one, it, it would have been Hibs this weekend. And that might be why their disappointment stings um, just that little bit more. I'm certain it will be. Uh, on top of the cup semi-final defeat from Hearts with regard to last season's competition, played this season, uh, it's a real bad blow. One win in six. Rangers to come on Wednesday at Easter Road. To what extent will the cup defeat demoralise Hibs? By the same token, to what extent will St Johnston thrive on being in a cup final? They're only four points off the bottom. The bottom club, Hamilton Ackies, have played a game fewer than St Johnston so arithmetically they could be bottom of the league and in the cup final in the same weekend but will they thrive on it and will they thrive on it to the extent they can get something off Aberdeen on Wednesday night terrific for Callum Davidson
Yeah, obviously Jack Ross will be really disappointed. That's two semi-finals, as you said, and uh, they'll be looking for a reaction come Wednesday. Uh, right, we need to round off this teaser. What a response on Twitter. Jerry Campbell, Colin Moffat, David Wilson, Milo Lorimer, Bobby Boy, Craig McGregor, Alex, all throwing in some good names. Eric Duff wants you to name the last eight Scotland internationals to play for Man United before Scott McTominay. You've got Darren Fletcher, Andy Gorham, Jim Layton, Brian McClare, Gordon Strack, and three to get. Big Joe? Nope. <sighs> Too far back. Oh dear. Um, Arthur Graham? Too far back. Arthur Alberson? <laughs> nope. I'm struggling now, but I think it's... Uh, Clue time shug What about a yeah. guy that's still going And he's at Burnley Oh it's oh. the right back It's um, Beardsley Bardsley Bardsley yes <laughs> And is that <laughs> That's for work Two more to get Two what, guys Which generation Well two guys that are, are, are Best known now For their For their media work Rather than their Their Man United careers necessarily Right okay That helps a lot Okay um, uh, media uh, What well, if I told you This guy's also played For Hearts And Hibs Michael oh, Stewart Michael Stewart Did he get a cap? He got four Stop Michael that. Stewart um, And the last one <laughs> I love the generosity Did he get a cap? <laughs> That's what happens When you're a good boy Alex You yeah. might have got one as well oh, If yeah, you were yeah, a rogue there you go. Um, The last one Shares a surname With a very famous Footballing nation Alan Brazil Alan Brazil There we go Hugh Evans, I long for the day That we get to see you in person But it's good to have you On the show Nevertheless Take care of yourself This week please Thank you very much Good man That was Hugh Evans. Thank you to Alex Ray as well Thank you to you though More importantly than these two Thanks for listening Thanks for all your calls And tweets And keeping us company We'll do it again tomorrow 6 o'clock Roger Hanna And Gordon Diel And in the meantime Callum Gallagher is up next